after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey there couch potatoes welcome to another episode of after these messages the podcast all about the best part of television the commercials. We talk about the best commercials out there, the worst commercials out there, and the commercials where people say weird shit like this. Try laxatives. <laughs> Been there, done that. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are your co-hosts. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. Hey, I think uh, I think we're alone now. Finally, I know. <laughs> yeah, finally, I mean that's not that's not to be an insult to our previous guests. But we've had a long list of uh, guests coming in and out yeah, of here the past yeah. several weeks. A lot so, of threesomes. Uh, now it's, a lot of threesomes. Now it's just us, and you made it weird. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up on today's show. It's going to be a fun one, a return of a segment that we did um, a while back that was a favorite of ours, and I think a favorite of a lot of people's as well. It's the return of Cheese and G's. If you're a new listener, let me tell you, it has nothing to do with the dairy product, because I don't like that particular dairy product. Turns out there is already a uh, a segment of another publication called Cheers and Jeers, and so we couldn't do Cheers and Jeers, so we rebranded, and we call our segment Cheese and G's. But if you're familiar with Cheers and Jeers, it's basically the same thing. We're going to go through a list of commercials that are just really... Uh, Really uh, ringing our bells and, and ones that are really driving us crazy as well. As a matter of fact, we have two commercials that are in the G's segment this week, commercials that we hate. They're for two different products, but they share the same name. Yeah. That's a quiz for everybody. Can you figure out what we're talking about right now? There are two commercials currently airing. We hate them both. They both have the same product name, but they're completely different companies. What is it? You'll find out later in the show. Plus, you have, speaking of quizzes, you have a quiz segment for me, Veeves. I do. Um, there are many hilarious stories uh, throughout the histories of history of advertising of uh, product slogans that did not translate well in other languages. So I'm going to give you a bunch of real ones and a few fake ones, and you got to pick out the fake ones. I see. And you told me you were doing this, and I sort of like didn't pay too much attention because I honestly didn't want to spoil it for me. But basically, like, what is Coca-Cola's current slogan? Um or what's McDonald's? You're loving it, right? I'm McDonald's, loving it. You're I loving think. it. And so let's say if that's an example, you're loving it went to Japan and it got translated, but something got lost in translation there. Right. Sometimes trans something's translated too literally uh, and it means something uh, different in, a, in that language or the literal translation has a figurative meaning that was unexpected in another land. I see. Um, there's lots of examples and I'll, I'll go through them all. I have a bunch of fun real ones, but also you got to pick out the fakes. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I love me a quiz and I think the audience prefers it when you give the quiz not because i'm better at taking quizzes <laughs> this one is but you hard. are better at creating I, quizzes. I think that this one is going to be hard because um i feel like after the quiz that i had to take you have should have to take a hard quiz and i will do so happily um and of course what we do every single week on the show we check in with the ad council that's you guys we got an email from a Let's just say very surprising person this week. We will uh, hear from that person and many more in our Ad Council segment. First, though, let's get on with our cheese and G's. It's a thin line 
Genevieve, there is a series of ads going on right now. There are two that are currently in rotation. We went into the stacks and found that there's a third one. All part of the same campaign, the Washington State Lottery. So if you don't live in Washington State, we will walk you through this. But I think you're pretty much, and as am I, but you even more so than me, impressed with these things. Well, I am. And I think the conversation for us started because you loved that California lottery. Or was it Powerball? It was, yeah, California lottery. Yeah, um, The California lottery ad that was very uh, beautifully shot. And they used that song, California Dreaming, but a different, ver- like a choral version of yeah. California Dreaming. And I kind of disagreed that it was that great of a lottery ad. I thought it was beautiful as a film or as a video. But I didn't think it was effective to me as a lottery ad. And you know that if I like a lottery ad, it has to be really good because I hate the lottery. Yeah. So this is fun. Because I hate fun. And you hate dreams. Yeah. I think everyone should stop dreaming. (laughs) Um, That's like that, uh, what's the car commercial where it's a bunch of kids reading a bunch of lines of things they were told by adults when they were young? Oh my God. Is that Cadillac? I think so. It's the one that was, I think it debuted during the Oscars. We talked about it. You know, I don't know if we've talked about that one. Stop dreaming. Don't you dare raise your voice. What kind of prison colony did you grow up in, you crazy person? God, I hate that ad so much. We talked about it when that was a new uh, commercial, so it's not technically a G. Besides, we need to start off on the good foot here. Cheese. What do you like about this Washington Lotto ad? I just think it's hilarious. And I think unlike the one uh, with the California Dreamin' where it's visually beautiful and kind of uh, trying to sort of appeal to an emotional uh, response to to the idea of hope. Uh, and the idea of of good fortune falling from the sky. This is just this tells the story more cleanly to me. Mm. It's what would you do? Based, it's sort of a, it's a variation on what so many lottery ads have always been, which is what would you do with the money, right? And but I think yeah. it takes a really funny, clever uh, take on what what you might do if you really uh, had unlimited resources. Now here's the deal. I think that we should um, play this out, but I think we should really explain. I don't want to give. I don't want to give away the punchline to everything, but I feel like this is an ad that's only going to make sense if we explain what goes on, and then we'll play the audio to fill in the gaps. But this is another commercial that takes place at a reunion, presumably a high school reunion. It's a, 20, actually, it's a 20th high school reunion. It reminds me a little bit of another favorite ad of yours, which also takes place at a reunion. It's the Geico ad oh, with Peter, um, Pan, Peter ad. Pan. And as a matter of fact, Peter Pan in the Geico ad is kind of playing the role of the bully, and he does the same exact move that the bully in this ad does, which is go does a does a kind of a a fake gut punch to the main character to make him flinch. Right. Only I think in the Peter Pan ad he might actually make contact. But you see some guy at his twentieth uh, school reunion, and some like I say, some bully comes up to him and kind of makes him flinch a little bit. But then a bunch of guys in black suits, uh, you know, sort of men in black types. Uh, rappel into the gym, the high school gym where this is all happening. Uh, they walk up to the main character, the guy who's been fake gut punched by the the. It's not really a bully. He's more like just like a goofy. Uh, He's like a kind of a you know forty year old brosophy kind of yeah, guy, sort, sort of, of arrested development. But you get type. the impression that he was probably a bully in high school, right? Sure. So uh, they they come up to our hero. They say something like, uh, we need you back in the field. And he he says, like, no, I'm done with all that, clearly implying that he's had this sort of life as a secret agent that he has now put aside. And he hands the lead men in, man in black an envelope and says, but give this to the president. I think that's enough to get us started because I'm pretty okay. sure you, he, he, he revealed the punchline is audible. Let's take a listen. Hey, Kelsey. How are you? You look great. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. Earl? 
Earl the Squirrel. How's it going, buddy? Hey, oh! <laughs> okay, here come the men in black. As Will Smith would say. This is like a longer version than the TV version. Earl, we need you. Operation Falcon went magma. Sorry, but I'm done with all that. All I want now is a normal life. While the world can never know all the great things you've done, <laughs> you'll always be a hero in my book. Let's roll out. Wait. Give this to the president for me. The check's inside. You guys did awesome. And the men in black leave and the party resumes, but he is now the hero and all the hot babes want to talk to him. Uh, clearly, he has just used his lottery winnings to create this entire fantasy to hire all of these actors to come in and pretend like he was once a special right. agent. So um, that's it. And that's part of a whole series of those kind of fantasies. Right. Like, what would you do to really kind of make yourself look good? Uh, if you could afford to do anything, right? Sorry to interrupt. So, what, why you? That's the this 60, is the second 60 version, second version, and yeah. I kind of like the thirty second version better because more is implied. The the they don't they it's lacking that line where the um, the Secret Service act guy who's playing the Secret Service guy says something like Operation Eagle has gone magma. Like it's too it sort of like spells it out too much. Like it's actually much more subtle. Mm. I mean, subtle being a relative term, but it's a more subtle joke, a more nuanced joke. When the his classmates are allowed to read between the lines a little bit more, so just an argument for editing. Um, I did want to mention another one that is currently in rotation, a similar concept. Only there is a guy who's taken his dad and some of his buddies fishing on some sort of a you know fishing boat, and uh, they keep on catching just amazing fish. At first, the father is like skeptical. He's like, "This doesn't seem like a good place to fish." But then they start pulling up these crazy ass big fishes. One of them at some at one point pulls up, I think, a swordfish, and they're like, "Is that a swordfish? How is there even a swordfish in this lake?" And then we see that the guy is dropping down special lures and those lures are going down to some guy he's hired in a, a you know some diver in a in a tank down there who's like hooking giant fish up to their lines yeah that one doesn't work for me as well i think i find i think i have too much empathy for the fish and also <laughs> yeah it just i maybe it's because like i have seen people doing a kind of fishing that is almost there's yeah. one small step yeah. away from that where um they go out deep sea fishing and basically pay the locals to kind of like do all the work so yeah. it feels like Strikes uh, a little close to home for kind you. of just how rich people fish already yeah it's like how dick cheney hunts all right well let me get to uh my first big although i would i share the chi on that with you by the way okay um so let's get to my first big chi and i think you share an appreciation of this one this is a very new ad by the way this is when we're getting into it uh pretty early in the cycle here i think it's only about three weeks old Actually, I know it debuted in uh, mid-March, um, and it is for DirecTV. DirecTV is really kind of killing it these days, I by guess, the way. Yeah, spent, we, we keep talking about them. I spent a long time um, trying to figure out exactly what ad agency was responsible for this ad. I don't have 100% verification on this particular one. It's ridiculous how tough it was. I actually had to sign up for DirecTV, uh, DirecTV's media list today, hoping <laughs> that I could get access to their press releases. Now, I couldn't get to it by showtime, so now I've just got this, like requesting with DirecTV. I'm about to be bombarded with every DirecTV press release ever. Yeah. Anyway, this one features John Bon Jovi. And I have to kind of, again, explain this whole ad before I, before I hit play on it, because there's some visual jokes in here that I want you to know about before you hear it. 
So there is a couple. They are sitting down on the couch and they say something along the lines of, ah, damn, we forgot to record our favorite TV show. And I do then, kind of like, I, it kind of annoys me that he goes, we forgot to record that show we like. Yeah, it it's seems like, a little you fake. You kind of come up with some fake show name. Right, right. Oh, wait, did I ever even say did, that I do think Gray New York is the agency behind this one? Or did I start that sentence and never finish it? You started the sentence. And okay, anyway, it. Gray New York seems to have done most of DirecTV's commercials. They did the Settlers one, I believe. They did a bunch of those... Um, you know, Peyton Manning ones that we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, so I'm assuming they did this one as well. And so this couple sits down on the couch. We missed, we forgot to record our favorite TV show. And then bing, magically, John Bon Jovi appears. They're sitting on the couch. He's behind the couch with an acoustic guitar. And he starts singing a song to them, uh, explaining that you can turn back time with DirecTV. In other words, you can just go ahead and uh, watch things even though you forgot to record it. But then as he's singing the song, he's kind of gesturing to other things around the house that they made mistakes about. John Bon Jovi points to the salsa and says something like, maybe you shouldn't have gotten the spicy in the song. Actually, and then, it's reversed. Is that reversed? It's, it's mild, but you should have gotten the spicy. Yeah. And then we see, like, their kid, I don't know, like, some older-than-toddler-age kid in the corner just, like, taking his crayon, scribbling all over the walls. And then there's a line in John Bon Jovi's song about how um, maybe you shouldn't have had that second kid either. So, all right, I had to explain all that in order for you to understand why these lyrics are so hilarious. I forgot to record that show. Now we have to wait forever to see it. With DirecTV, you don't. You see, we got the power to turn back time. That show you miss, let's just go back and find it. Let's go back and choose spicy instead of mild. And maybe reconsider having that second child. See, that's the power to turn back time. What shows you missed right away? There are little things about that ad that I like. Just these little touches of, I think, acting and directing. Like when John Bon Jovi first starts singing, he picks up the remote control and changes the channel form or hits record or whatever the hell he's doing. And then he just kind of like flips it on the couch. Um, the father gives this kind of inexplicable look when John Bon Jovi makes the second child disappear. I like he how gestures. you always call him John Bon Jovi. What would you call him? Bon Jovi. Not John? No, he's like widely known as Bon Jovi. (laughs) But Bon Jovi was the band and John Bon Jovi was the guy. Uh, Anyway, no, I agree with you. I I, I like this one too, but primarily like 90% of it is the look the dad gives when when the one kid disappears. He just gives a look like, hmm... All right. Yeah, just pretty good. Like, never thought not, of that. Not overjoyed. But yeah. yeah, but like this could work. Yeah, exactly. Just just this kind of little bemused look, and um, there's just a bunch of little things like that. And John Bon Jovi's yes, John Bon Jovi's look that he gives when he finishes his song is good as well. So. Anyway, um, I really, really like that ad. Do you want to get into some negative let's land go to, here? Let's go to Hate Town. All right. So you have the first G. What don't you like? Oh, these drive me so crazy. This is a whole series, and I I picked two almost at random. Uh, but Match.com uh, does these uh, match-on-the-street ads, and it's the same. It's the, it's one uh, interviewer kind of doing a Vox Pop, doing out like these. I don't know. I assume that these are uh, not legitimately just, you know, man-on-the-street interviews, but they are filmed as if they're just man-on-the-street interviews. And he's he's talking to both men and women, but I I my sense is that the either he talked to a lot more where they talked to a lot more women or they are airing more of the interviews with women because it's 
it's primarily this this tall dude, tall white dude talking to women and kind of asking them how their current current approach to dating is working. Like, oh, are you know, how's it working going to bars? Are you meeting people through friends? Are you getting enough second dates? And they, of course, they all say like, no, no, it's not going very well. I haven't met anyone. Or do you know anyone who's on Match? Like, yeah, my mom, but I didn't think that would work for me. Well, did your mom meet a man? <laughs> and he just, I, I hate, absolutely hate this guy's tone. It is so condescending. Uh, he, it is like the definition of mansplaining, in my opinion. And it is so unpleasant to listen to him basically uh, sort of berate and condescend and rebuke these women for how they've chosen to meet or not meet men. And, ha- and and the outcome is always that they kind of like sheepishly agree that they will sign up for Match. And nothing could make me like a product less. And what I was very bummed to find out in doing a little research about this uh, these ads is that the same company that owns Match, which is it's like this huge congl- media conglomerate called IAC, also owns uh, a majority, a controlling share in Tinder. They own OK, OKCupid, uh, a bunch of like Chemistry.com, uh, a handful of other smaller ones that you probably never heard of. Can I interrupt for a second? Because I, I was taking a peek at your notes over your shoulder. This is uh, the company that is now um, run by Barry Diller, of course, of, you know, the co-founder of Fox TV or Fox News. And oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even yeah, make that connection. Huge media conglomerate guy. So and now he's, you know... I, I can't even remember the name of the company. Did you say it? The name I of the company? I think it's IAC. Uh, okay, yeah. So um, it's like, yeah, these companies, I, like, I don't even know what IAC is. It's not even like I run a TV company anymore. It's just like, I don't know. I just run this thing that has more power than God, basically. And that's what yeah. Barry Diller is doing these it's, days. It's AT and Love. It's Evil Core. Yeah, it's, it's, right. It's, evil. Ooh. Are we going to watch some more Mr. Robot tonight? Definitely. All right, let's get through this show. Okay, we just have <laughs> one more. To, no, just kidding. All right. Um, so why don't you just play? I don't even yeah. think we can. I, I, I pulled two. I don't think I can stand to watch both of them. Why don't you pick at random one of these? Oh, I'm not going to pick it at random. As a matter of fact, I was looking at your notes, and I want to play this one because it's the one that I've seen on TV the most, and also it is the one that seems the purest of what you're describing. The most pure distillation of this condescension. It is. And when I was uh, watching these today, I was just kept thinking like, yes, con- this is condescending. This is, you know, that's the only word I could keep coming back to. This is the epitome of, a, of condescension. And, and I also just hate this dude's high and tight haircut. Get a oh, better haircut. Match.com, dude. All right. So uh, this one is with Laura. How's the bar scene going? I'm still saying. Okay. So I'm going to stop it right there. How's the bar just scene listen going? listen to his tone there. Listen to his tone. How's the bar scene going? I'm still single. Yeah, so it's not great. It's not great. Did you know Match has led to seven times as many second dates as dates where you meet at a bar? It's a lot of times more. Laura joined Match. When will you? That's only a 15 never. second version. Never. I'll never join it. Oh, God. The way he says that is so bad. Actually, I know that you really don't want to listen to too many of these, but can right, I play a little play bit of this other more. one? Because that's only 15 seconds long. This other one may even be a 60. It feels like an hour. Where do you meet men? Through friends. How's that going? Terribly. What are they doing wrong? I don't know that they're doing anything wrong. I just don't know that it's the right How's that going? For me. Did you know? Match first dates lead to six times as many second dates as setups by your friends. Those are good odds. Do you want to look at some people on Match? We can do that. What's up, Brandon? Southern gentleman with good values. I like that. So, who knows who the right people for you are? Probably me. So, Match.com guy, Chevy guy, Oh, yeah. Two 
to to go into a room who leaves i wasn't sure if we're both put, if we're putting them both on an island if I they're don't gonna know. fight I, I to the pain i couldn't decide if they're gonna fight each other or if we have one bullet and two these two guys how about we have these two guys but one lion okay <laughs> so, but let's but it's a hungry lion so, so it can probably let's take say care of yeah let's say he eats the chevy guy first <laughs> Because that'll take care of a more immediate problem. Those Chevy ads are all over the place. And then, I don't know, how how long does it take a lion to digest a person? I don't know. Okay, so then in a couple of days, let's say, he goes ahead and uh, eats this guy. Okay, well, uh, let's get on to my first G. And I... I have such complicated feelings about this. The reason I hate this commercial is, uh, might be sexist. I don't know. Maybe not. This is an ad that I... Oh, if you watch any TV at all, I feel like oh. you must have seen this one before. Um, it is known as the Liberty Mutual, quote, better car replacement ad, or it's one of those in a series. Um, but I'm sure that if you've talked about this in your house, this is a commercial that you know as the Brad commercial. You owned your car for four years. You named it Brad. You loved Brad. And then you totaled him. You two had been through everything together. Two boyfriends, three jobs. You're like, nothing can replace Brad. Then Liberty Mutual calls, and you break into your happy dance. If you sign up for better car replacement, okay. we'll pay okay. for Okay, 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 okay. I have so much to say, and it's all over the place. None of it's going to make any sense. So it's going to be my usual deal. Okay. Um, the first time I saw this ad... And this is where I get in some sketchy territory here. Uh, I shouldn't be basing commercials on the attractiveness of the people in there. And when I say attractiveness, I'm talking about um, not just physical beauty, but style and just the way anybody on TV is made to be kind of attractive. You know what I mean? Kind of, I don't know, is that capital A attractive? And the young woman in this commercial is, well, first of all, she's very young. I don't even know if I should be describing. She, I mean, she's an adult, I right? think so, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's like so my type in a certain way. She's like kind of. She's uh, super cute. She's super, super cute yeah. and a little, uh, you know, just a little like, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. She's, like a, a, she's a cute kid. She's a cute girl. Um, and so I think whatever part of my mind that's supposed to activate it activated good job actress and good job um directors and and liberty mutual but then there's a disconnect because i kind of hate the way she talks like big time and so i think that makes me hate this commercial more if this were some dumpy guy who just was kind of giving a bad read on something i think i'd it would just wash over me i wouldn't pay attention to it but because i find her kind of striking i think i pay more attention to it but then her read is awful the best way i can describe and if you don't mind since it's so short i might i'm going to describe this and then play it again and tell me if you agree with it it's almost like she didn't read this all as one piece but she read each sentence as if it was an individual tryout. She oh, my God, like, it's a fire. Sale. <laughs> exactly. And one thing that you, if you haven't seen this commercial, um, it would help if you had the image because she just her face overacts everything. Each sentence is overact in a different way. She's like trying to describe this emotional roller coaster and she's just overdoing it. So, again, listen to this as if each sentence was just a piece in and of itself that she's doing. You owned your car for four years. You named it Brad. You loved Brad. And then you totaled him. You two had been through everything together. Two boyfriends, three jobs. You're like, nothing can replace Brad. Then Liberty Mutual calls. 
She's been to a lot of acting classes. Yes, she seems like somebody who's been to a lot of acting classes. Basically, the whole thing is overacted. Her name, by the way, is Midori Iwama. Uh, I know this because I found a very local article written about her in her, um, I think it's maybe uh, uh, Rumsford, or no, Rumson's, New Jersey. She's from the Jersey coast. Uh, Her professional name, she's changed her name from Iwama to Francis. So her name is Midori Francis. Um, I won't read from this article, but it's very, very cute. Uh, It's just kind of like, you know, local girl does well and you know this is opening up a lot of opportunities for her yeah. and then you read the article and it's like what opportunities has it opened she's like doing more auditions she got these that days. article and she got the article and i think she's got one voiceover somewhere here's one thing i will say about this this is part of a whole series of commercials that are very very similar all of the same vein um all of the people are standing in the same exact location in new york looking out well i With mean the, the statue of liberty the behind camera them. yeah exactly looks out over their shoulder as a statue of liberty um and uh there's about seven or eight of them i was on liberty mutuals uh, page today this is the only one if we remember any like in the future like if we're doing a I, I love the, the I love the 2016s or whatever. This is the ad that we'll remember, not any of the other ones. Maybe not. The one with there's a couple who they look sort of like a young professional couple and yeah. they say uh, one of I think the man says you've always been a great driver. You have a perfect record until one of you has an accident and he looks sheepish and his wife or partner kind of like gives the nod like yeah this one yeah. He, he had the accident and he says like your insurance company suddenly jacks up your rate like but then the ad is for like forgiveness accident forgiveness that one kind of stays with me i, I don't find it i don't find that one bothersome at all this one it doesn't bother me the way it bothers you i think it's just gotten under your skin mm-hmm. and maybe it has something to do with that like reversal of like the attraction that you feel for, to this girl which sounds weird uh that then you're put off by her acting mm-hmm. style it is a really deliberate choice that she is making to sell each line with like if you watch the ad and of course we'll post it to our facebook page it's like they're like this line is the one you say where you're happy yes. this is the line that you say when you're frightened this is the line that you say when you're angry and so it has a sort of like artificial oversold feel to me i don't that i don't love um, but I think it suffers in some ways less from how it's acted and more from how oversaturated they filled the market. With oh, really? It. Like, I do think that if I'd seen this ad 10 times, I'd be fine. I've seen it 10,000 times. Yeah. And there is something about, like, I mean, it's every now and then, I cannot hear the word Brad. Like, <laughs> this is true, right? If we're having a conversation with somebody or if you're telling me, I don't know, if you work with anybody named Brad or something, that name comes up and I can't do anything but say, you loved Brad. Yeah. And I just don't think I'm alone in that. I've got, I've heard, like, I think somebody posted something to our Facebook page. Just like, I think it's just like become kind of, you're right, the other ad with the couple is much better but it's also just less memorable. You know what I mean? But I think the I think there's something about you loved Brad that some, could become kind of a cultural thing. You could argue that that's to her credit that she that's sold what I it. Mean. That she yeah. sold it that effectively, but I I think it's Probably to her credit that she sold it and Liberty Mutual's detriment that they've run that ad into the ground. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, you did a much better job of describing kind of how I felt about that than I did. So (laughs) rule for the rest of the show is I will just pass you notes and you describe, you put it into words for me. Okay. Um, You just draw emoticons. Just give me some like Charlie Kelly like um, wingdings and I'll I'll translate them into English. All right. Let's get, uh, let's, as I like to say on the other podcast, let's pull the nose up on this negativity train, get into some more cheese here. 
you uh, have one for the car company Infinity. It's called Different. Yeah, and I'm really happy to say that um, I had actually already pulled this ad as a chi uh, because I did like it and I thought it was funny and charming. And then by pure coincidence, uh, just today I checked our our uh, email account uh, after these messages show at Gmail. And I had heard from, a, we'd gotten a letter from a listener, Jonathan, who sent a really thoughtful note by total coincidence about this very commercial. And he had kind of a different read on it. So I'm going to actually just have you play the ad. I think it's almost all audio, but I'll just say that it's a young man talking to his father about uh, some subject. Can we just say it seems like a very difficult conversation that he has driven home to have with his adult father. He's an adult that's man, great, yeah, that's a great and he's setup. having a very, very difficult come-to-Jesus mom- uh, c- moment with his dad. Look, this isn't easy for me either. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but it just feels right. This isn't how we raised you. Enough. You must have known I was a little different. Not this different. The logline is start your own legacy, and you see throughout that conversation shots of um, his father posing next to his BMW, and what uh, the son is admitting to or uh, revealing to his father is that um, he is not going to buy a BMW as this very wealthy family has always had. He is going to drive an Infinity luxury luxury vehicle. And of course, it sounds like he's coming out to his father. I mean, that's clearly the... Right. It's the joke. This I is mean, the dad I'm gay conversation. This is the dad I'm gay conversation. Um, and uh, I actually saw this and, and it really grabbed my attention. It did make me laugh. Um, and I thought it was kind of a... a an interesting approach to uh, to the difference between one kind of luxury car and another. Um, and then I got this letter from Jonathan. Again, I, I stress I had already included this in the show today. Um, and he had a slightly different reaction. And he writes, maybe being a gay man with a very conservative family makes me a little oversensitive, but I find the comparison problematic or maybe just bizarre. Is justifying your luxury car choice supposed to be somehow comparable to coming out to your disapproving family? Is Infinity advertising car its cars or a persecution complex? The commercial is well-produced and doesn't focus too much on the car driving on windy mountain roads, <laughs> which is in its favor, but I don't really know who they are trying to sell to. Gay people? You could just have two moms or dads like in a Campbell's commercial. Straight people who are who scared away their gay best friends but still want to identify with the struggle in the most upper-middle-class way possible? <laughs> so I think, um, you know, he raises a really good point here, and it is, it. I think it's behooves all of us, or I'll certainly say for myself, it behooves me to think twice about an ad like this and like, who's the joke on? And I I think I would never want to, I would never like something or approve of something that makes gay people the butt of the joke. In this case, it it didn't strike me as something where that, where where there was, where it was punching down, in other words, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that the, if, if anything, the narrative of the, per, the the young son or the the young man coming out to his father is such a positive, or it's viewed so positively by the audience that they imagine pitching this to that it's like, oh yeah, he's doing a brave thing, just like it would be brave to 
buck the trend and get a different kind right. of luxury car, which of course is absurd and in a you know it's it's not comparable. And I, in the sense that I think it trivializes coming out to compare it to getting a, a luxury car. I think that's probably a really legitimate criticism. I don't think it punches at. I don't think it's taking a shot at gay people for being gay. Um, and if anything, it kind of like lampoons the stuffy conservative person who would be uh, opposed to a gay son. But I think, yeah, to conflate the two is potentially problematic. So uh, if we have any any other listeners, gay or straight, I would love to hear whether you feel like this is problematic or if it's kind of on the side of truth and justice. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan, thank you for writing that in because it was perfect timing. Yeah, because for me, like I'm not on the fence on this at all. Now, I am influenced because I was reading your notes, and so I read Jonathan's email before I hit play on it, because I, I was not familiar with this commercial, and then I'm looking at your notes, and I'm reading this reaction from Jonathan, and then I hit play on it. So my view of this commercial was 100% colored by Jonathan's experience, and it really it really hit home for me how other people's experiences are important. Like, yeah. it's easy for people like you and I who are, well, first of all, I mean, we are as just kind of like um, majority as possible. Right. We're, we're white, cis, middle class, like just, you know, there's just... We, we don't suffer any kind of persecution at all in society. And so... And we're also, you and I, a couple of very liberal-minded people. Very, I mean, one of the most important issues for me kind of politically over the past 10 years has been gay rights, only because it just seems so obviously awful the way this country has treated um, gay people for so long. So anyway, it's easy for people in our position to just assume that we're almost in a post-gay rights world or something. Because, well, not a post-gay rights world, but we're just – we're so – quote unquote down for the struggle sort of like there's yeah, no it's, it's there's no question in our mind we know that we're allies we, yes exactly we know that we're allies so we it, we never stop to ask ourselves if some thought or action we've taken would uh could hurt somebody right and so then you get a message like this from jonathan which it's like is just like i'm going to think about this note not just regarding this commercial but so many other things that we talk about i know that i've been accused and probably rightfully so is just being like just so careful not to offend on the less on this podcast more on tbtl like I, I get very uncomfortable making jokes on anything that seems like it's kind of shady territory and i think it's always important to look where the joke is you don't want to be mr captain unfunny because you're always worried about everybody's <laughs> feelings all the time which I, you know i'm often accused of being but this is like the perfect example like we are still in a place where it if you're straight you have no idea what it's like to have to sit down and talk to your That's parents true. like you, there's something wrong with you Absolutely. or that like you have to apologize for something and this is a real thing that a lot of people are still doing because so many because of the generational divide because of the cultural divide because of everything that's going on in our society and therefore when a company is just kind of like, you know, we're going to take this moment that is some for many people in this country, the toughest thing they'll ever have to do. And life altering. And we're going to make. Poten potentially life altering and even life shattering. Right. And now what we're going to do is we're going to try to make a joke about that moment to sell cars. Right. I understand why somebody like Jonathan, who maybe had to have a conversation like this, doesn't think this is very funny. And it raises, you know, we've, we've, we're talking with our friend this weekend about trigger warnings and when, does th when do things go too far. And, you know, there is a conversation to be had there. And I'm not saying everything is black and white. But when you get emails from people who have different life experiences for you, I think it just, it just says, yeah. yeah, be considerate. Doesn't mean you can't ever have fun with something, but 
think about the do you context. Know if, do you know if Infinity took any heat for this in the press? I don't know. It'd be I'm interesting sorry. to know. I'll, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get a chance well, to the, look we, it Well, I consider ourselves part of the media. Other than us, I mean. And so, um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, I just, that was that was really, really interesting to me. So thank you, Jonathan, so much for sending that in. I really, really appreciate it. Um, let me get off my, uh, my high horse here and just uh, play for you. A couple of commercials that I'm absolutely loving. And Genevieve, again, I got to give you credit. I think you flattened these before <laughs> I did, but I absolutely love them. Um, these are for the Strongbow Cider commercials. A lot of cider commercials out there these days. We were talking about that uh, last week. Um, this is for Strongbow. And they all feature Patrick Stewart. And the joke of all of the commercials in this series is they have Patrick Stewart, who's obviously, you know, what are the preeminent actors of his generation? Um, not a cheap get, I assume, to sell your cider or whatever, but they just totally mistreat him in these ads. Let's take a listen to this one called Fired. All we need to sell Strongbow Hard Cider is ice. So sorry, Sir Patrick. Strong You're fired. <laughs> fired? Yeah, fired. How Strongbow! (laughs) And so uh, I should mention, you just, the scene is just like, you know, it's shots of the cider, but then it's Patrick Stewart looking good, wearing a sport coat and open neck shirt, and he's clearly at some sort of, it looks like maybe a wedding reception, some sort of a fancy function or something, and he's standing there the whole time, and then of course, as you hear, he is surprised, as we are, that he's been fired. By the way, I don't know if you can see my notes there, Genevieve. I just saw this. Look who directed, well, co-directed, this was directed by three different people, this particular particular ad in the series and one of them is Ruben Fleischer a director who long before podcasts existed and before I had any idea I'd be doing something like this with you someday Genevieve um I just got dial up internet and one of the first things I did was I stumbled on a website for some director a pretty unknown director at that time named Ruben Fleischer although even back then I think I discovered that he was the one who maybe directed some of those early uh, Burger King commercials with the king that we see walking around the really weird ones he just has this penchant for very weird commercials and also um, music videos as well I got addicted to some of his music videos he did a bunch for like I don't know these indie bands I like I don't have to list them all um, so I've had this weird, like, obsession with Ruben Fleischer in my life, and then I found out that he directed this one. Um, uh, Ruben Fleischer, by the way, is the guy who also went on to uh, direct Zombieland and Gangster Squad. Here's another one with um, Patrick Stewart. This one is called Award. We hired an award-winning actor to show off the award-winning range of Strongbow Hard Cider, but she canceled, so we got this guy. This guy? I'll have you know I have won 37 individual awards. Yeah, but for acting. Strongbow! (laughs) He does such a wonderful job of seeming like just outraged by his treatment. He is such a delight. Those are produced by Droga 5, by the way, the company behind the the creative company behind the Rock, Paper, Scissors Android commercial that we love so much. I think that is a Super Bowl one. Yes. Um, and the Under Armour commercial with Michael Phelps that we talked about a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, that Cat Solon recommended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So enough uh, happiness. Let's go back into some G's here. Uh, ooh, Genevieve, tell us about this first one. This is an ad that I actually have not seen in a while, and I wonder if it's... I wonder why. I don't know if it's because the product has uh, died out or if it's because just this ad, uh, uh, there been, there was a series, there was a campaign around this. But this is for um, Pandora Bracelet, which is a product by Jared, the jewelry company, as in he went to Jared, which is a whole other set of Gs. Um, 
But this one in particular just is like sandpaper on my earballs. I really hate it. Um, if you play it, I think uh, if you have a shred of decency and taste, you will understand why. <laughs> this is a, an attractive couple at a company party. I would say attractive is, you know, generous. Oh, I think she's got kind of a Drew Barrymore look to her. Have a, I'm just going to keep on objectifying women all, <laughs> all show. That's your new boss? Yeah. Well, your boss loves the beach. Really? She's been to London, Paris, and her son plays baseball. You psychic? No. I speak Pandora. He went to Jared. Celebrate life's unforgettable moments. Okay, should we explain that for yeah, people so who haven't seen it? Yeah, if you have not it? seen this, um, the, the husband and wife who are talking about the new boss, who is a woman, the boss is wearing a bracelet, this hideous charm bracelet, uh, and it's got all kinds of little charms on it. And apparently this the wife of the, the underling uh, has eagle eyes because she's able to spot from across the room what each individual charm is and tell her husband, you know, oh, she has a little Eiffel Tower charm. She's been to Paris. And I wasn't even, I, I hate even, I hate that ad so much I stopped listening. <laughs> but um, it's just so smug and the jewelry's so hideous, it's in my really opinion. Ugly. Yeah. And it the the whole tone of it to me is this like, it's just smug. It has a smugness to it that I can't stand. Um, and I, I, in general, do not like Jared's ad campaigns. Uh, and so this this fits right in with the rest of them for me. Um, but it's, an, it's just an especially... It's just grating. I mean, that's the best thing I can come up with. I don't have like a... I don't have a, a you know, a soapbox to stand on here, as I know some people will be delighted to hear. <laughs> um, but I, I just find it incredibly sensorily grating. I'd love to make a parody of it where it's like Carrie from Homeland, and she actually thinks this woman is a terrorist and can figure out her plot based on which uh, charm she has. Like, that could ooh, be good. the Eiffel Tower. Uh-oh. Gotta put some men. I need eyes on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I need eyes on the Eiffel Tower. This next uh, ad, uh, I want to um, tell you very, very little about. Because, and I'm going to play the one-minute version of this. Because if you haven't seen it, um, I just want to play it. I'm not even going to tell anybody what that product is yet. Um, because I think the whole point is there's a reveal at the end about what these people are talking about. But just to give you a sense of the imagery, this is a, uh, a montage of people talking kind of directly to the cameras. If there's an interviewer behind the camera that they're talking to, they all seem to be kind of answering the same question, but we don't know exactly what the question is or what they're talking about. And there's a super seriousness about all of these people. They tend to be younger, but they're not all. Um, the people tend to be kind of creative types, you can tell. They're maybe a little bit more, um, a, a little bit more on the, as we would say when I was in uh, high school, the the freaks and geeks of the world. There's a couple real like kind of looking, like kind of street tough looking guys in there as well. It's a pretty diverse crowd as it's well. It's a pretty diverse crowd, but it tends to be young and somewhat arty for most of them. So here, take a listen to this montage. I feel like it's a power source, you know? I feel very um, almost like short of breath in a good way. And I'm just... feel like an electric shock going through my body just and it wakes me up it takes me back to a point in my life where I had no worries like I'm not the only one you know more like a flow all the way to my brain and it just explodes and it's like oh my gosh when it ends it's like like yeah I feel better now 
how this song makes you feel. We realized the whole time that people have been describing not drugs. Or the cure for cancer, as you might have inferred <laughs> or, from how GD serious it was. Or some sort of adrenaline rush when you jump off of an airplane with a parachute. But they were all describing how that whatever song makes them feel. From, and from Pandora Radio. There's, from Pandora Radio. By the way, that's the answer to the quiz that we set up at the beginning of the show. Um, two products, both named Pandora. Both getting G's from us today. I know you hate this as much as I do, Vee. This is a shared G for us. It is. And I'm sure that this is probably controversial because this has the look and feel of a commercial that I bet a lot of people really like. Um, but it just... Uh, it's funny. We did last week. We talked about uh, commercials that are too intense. And I think this mm -hmm. in some ways qualifies for me because it is... It's so proud of itself. I mean, yeah, good it, phrase. These, th this commercial is it, another smug one, but smug in a different way. Smug in like, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the level of intensity and the emotion that they have asked these spokespeople or actors or whoever they are to bring to their description of this music is so over the top. They're so they're also overwrought. I mean, half of them are like in tears while they're yeah, while a they're bunch giving, of them are literally in tears, literally in tears. And it just feels to me very self-congratulatory by Pandora. And I don't like it. And yeah. I, I use Pandora all the time. So it's yeah. not like I don't like the product or don't see its value uh, or don't understand how music can be impactful to people. Even, you know, I know I sound like a real jerk. Um, I know music is emotionally impactful. I think the way this is presented does not work for me because um, I can see I can see all the machinery um, yeah. and how self-congratulatory the whole thing is. I would say one of the reasons it especially bugs me is because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's really I cool. Like, I think the concept is great, and I think... You Dial know, it down a couple when, of Exactly. Clicks. That's all it is, is they just took it a little bit too far. They took themselves too seriously, as you said. I still think that, you know, from the um, conceptual phase of this, saying we're going to have a group of people, diverse people, mostly young, all talking about how music feels, but we don't know at the end until the end that they're talking about music. I think that's a cool idea. But there's probably a bunch of people around my age or older who think that they really dialed into millennials. And there's something so millennially about this, but probably fake millennially about this or like what they think millennials feel or something like that. At least I hope. I hope if you're a millennial, you're insulted by this. Let me yeah. put it that way. Because I, I hope for your generation that this doesn't actually touch you. Boy, that's a real kind of dickish thing for me to say. But hey, it's how I feel. One more G from you and then we'll end on an up note. All right. This one is um, probably doesn't cover me in glory. Uh, but no, I think this is no apologies for hating this shit. So this is an ad for Kate Hudson's um, athletic wear, which is called Fabletics. The name alone is pretty grating. Um, and I just find these ads. First of all, I've read that these that this these ads, it's supposed to be affordable athletic wear. They're really going for the Lululemon mm -hmm. um, market share. Lululemon is a very expensive athletic wear for women. Um, this is trying to take a bite out of that at a much lower price point, but sort of appealing to the same aesthetic. Um, but it's lots of prints. And I've heard that this stuff is just horribly made, that it's mm. like it does not hold up. So I'm sure it's all made in the United States. Oh, right. By yeah. well-paid, unionized well -paid, workers. Uh, people making a living wage. No, I'm sure it's just terrible stuff. Um, and to me, it seems like the only reason that Kate Hudson went into this business is so that she could make a million ads 
where we know that she has an amazing body. The whole ad is Kate Hudson just being like, look at these rock hard abs, y'all. Yeah. And is there a, a part of this as well? And this is where I'm really going to go into some touchy territory, but is there also a part of it because you know the majority of people watching this and the marketers even probably know the majority of people watching this are actually probably buying these as like tonight pants so that they can just kind of lounge around. Yeah. Well, I've, from what I've heard, that's kind of all they're good for is they really don't have the structure or the support that a, frankly, that a Lululemon probably does give you because that's what you pay for when mm-hmm. you spend a lot of money on like yoga pants. Um, but just play it because I think just her voiceover and her description of these things, it's so like, look how cute I am. And I, just, I feel like this whole episode is cheese and cheese is like the, um, you're not that cute edition from like <laughs> yeah, me telling right. the advertisers, you know, you're not that great. You love Brad. You love Brad. Girls love Fabletics because well, it's cute. It's cute and it's affordable. Introducing Fabletics. By the way, it is an ab party up in here. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love that. I am kind of obsessed with the splatter print, and I love the sweatshirt dress. I think I'm going to live in this. Fabletics delivers complete outfits made from designer quality material at an affordable price. Plus, all outfits ship for free. For a limited time, get your first outfit for twenty five at fabletics.com. I think the line, I could be making too much of it, but I think that I think I'm going to live in it is a bit of a dog whistle of, listen, you just you're not out. wearing to the, to the gym. Yeah, maybe. You don't do yoga. We know that. I could be just being wrong and cruel there, but that's the vibe I get from that ad. They actually got some press for not that ad, but for another ad where um, it's a woman is clearly in a, a Lululemon-type store and she's returning some pants, some yoga pants or something that she bought. Um, and they bleep out the part where she says, I can't wear these. They show my butt. But they bleep it. They bleep out butt for some reason. Well, I think I know why. They bleep it out. Um, and people, it was meant to sound like she said the P word. Whoa, really? Yes. And so they got a ton of free press. It was actually kind of a brilliant marketing move. They just bleeped her, bleeped out her. Sentence. Is, is this Lululemon? No, this is Fabulous. Oh, this is Fabulous. Oh. So, in, so the you. I want you to find it. It's easy to find. Just Google like Fabletics pussy. <laughs> I guess if I would guess, I, I guess I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to type that into my browser. Okay. Just so you know, Fabletics. Just try bleep. bleep. Yeah. Hi, I need to return these leggings. They're um, a little too see through. Our sheer design helps skin breathe. Dermal oxygen. You can totally see my. And they blur out her mouth. But you can tell that she says two syllables. Well, I what? Leave something to the imagination. They say they show it. They have a version of that where it's not bleeped, and she says "but." Really? Yeah. Is there any chance they recut it? That one says "but" and then one is bleeped. I don't know. I want to look at. They this clearly again. went. They were clearly, I think, trying to generate controversy. Our sheer design helps skin breathe. Dermal oxygen. You can totally see my. Can't you even see through the blur that she's her lips are moving too much to, to say I, one syllable? I really, I can't tell. Huh. Anyway, well, that is actually brilliant. Yeah, I like that brilliant. one. I got to give him credit for it. That's taking a shot at Lululemon. Yeah, th- that ad doesn't bother me uh, at all, really, in terms of just an ad. Uh, it's the ones with Kate Hudson just, like, reminding us all that her body is flawless, just relentlessly, that bothers me. But I'm sure because I'm just 
sad and old. <laughs> and in one of the shots, by the way, she's wearing this like kind of, um, I guess it's one of her fabletics, but she's wearing this kind of blousey fabletic shirt or something. Yeah, but a she's lot of it's just those, hangout wear. She's wearing those big sunglasses. It looks just like Almost Famous. So, I mean, it definitely yes. feels like an, like going, and how old is Almost Famous? That was, Ugh. I saw that um, when I was in Boston the very first time I met you. So that's so over like 15 years 15 ago. 15 years yeah. ago, yeah. I mean, she's keeping it tight. Like, that's absolutely to her credit, but she really wants you to know about it. Okay. Uh, let's end on a happy note before we get into this quiz you made for me. Um, I had not seen this until a little bit before the show. This is so good, Genevieve, but I don't think any of it will make sense. We have to describe it. I- I'll play it afterwards just to scratch that itch, but I think you just have to explain everything that's going on here. A guy wakes up alone in his bed. Uh, he turns over and he sees next to him the severed head of a toy horse. A small toy horse. A it's small exactly toy horse. like the Godfather. He pulls the sheets back, and then under the sheets is a horse head, only instead of a big, bloody, real horse head, it's a small little toy horse head. He looks up, and standing in the door, angry as hell, is his little daughter, and she's holding an empty box of the wonderful halos, which are like a little, uh, they're like uh, clementines. Yeah, little oranges. Little oranges. And she has the 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 body of the severed horse that has that is missing its head presumably her stuffed animal her stuffed that she animal cut the head off that of. she has decapitated as a very serious message to her father that they need to get more halo wonderful halos uh, and I think the tagline is, if they're if, if you're out of Halos, they're out of Halos. I don't know if there's any point in playing this, but I'm going to just so you can hear the audio. It is so great. And then uh, it's a very quick ad, too, by the way. Uh, it cuts to after we see her angrily holding her uh, decapitated horse and the empty box of Halos. It cuts to them buying uh, more Halos in the grocery store. And while her dad is getting the new carton of Halos, she's combing the mane oh. of the uh, of the decapitated yes. horse. So this she's kept the body. Yes, and that's the thing about it is she just really really sells it please go to after these messages on facebook and we'll uh, we'll post it there if you don't have halos they don't have halos wonderful halos pure goodness i love that i love that so so much yeah great. It, it, it's such a great Tight concept, well executed, everybody does their job right, and it totally sells the right message. All right. Well, uh, let's end that there. We'll do more cheese and G's in the future. Let us know what your cheese and G's are as well, by the way. Um, your favorite and least favorite ads currently on television. For now, though, let's move on to the quiz segment that you're calling Spot the Fake. So should we explain it one more time? So these are uh, these are products whose slogans have been translated to humorous effect into other languages. Three of them are real. One of them is fake. Yeah, I have actually uh, a total of 12. I've broken them into uh, a set of four. So you've got A, B, C, or D uh, times three. Um, I'm going to read you all four of them, and then I want you to tell me which one is fake. But three of these are totally true. Okay. All right. Um, 
Frank Perdue's chicken slogan, It Takes a Strong Man to Make a Tender Chicken, was translated into Spanish as, It Takes an Aroused Man to Make a Chicken Affectionate. <laughs> okay. Is that real? The Dairy Association, so that's A, the Dairy Association's huge success with the campaign Got Milk prompted them to expand advertising to Mexico. It was soon brought to their attention the Spanish translation read, Are You Lactating? <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's B. So it's chicken? Chicken. It takes an aroused man to make a chicken affectionate. Okay. Milk. Are you lactating? B, are you lactating? C. When Sprite exported its slogan, Obey Your Thirst, to Thailand, the literal translation in Thai was, Submit to Dehydration. <laughs> and D. Coors put its slogan, Turn It Loose, into Spanish, where it was read as, Suffer from Diarrhea. <laughs> I think, um, I'm going to say, Are You Lactating was the fake one. Wrong. Okay, uh, diarrhea. No. Okay. Uh, the, really? The chicken one? No, submit to dehydration. That's the one I meant. Uh, that's the one submit I, to the dehydration. That, so that's fake. That did not happen. Right, that's the one I meant was fake. Okay, so on your third or fourth guess? Fourth guess, I got it. Okay. So that's pretty strong. That's strong. So Good. I get a quarter of, of a point. Out of the gate. So I get a quarter of a point. I'm I didn't realize everything but the fake one was Spanish in this first round. Okay, that's that, that's good. That's interesting. So you made up the um, the, the thirst one. What was your made up one again? When Sprite exported its slogan, Obey Your Thirst to Thailand, the literal translation, translation in Thai was, Submit to Dehydration. That was the only one where I was like, oh yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I was like, oh, Wouldn't yeah, it be I heard funny that if that was real and I just like guess? I'm like, <laughs> I did a fair amount of research for this, but I didn't go and double check that my fake ones were not true. Okay, this is fun, even though I've only got a quarter of a point. Okay, um, I love the fact that almost all of these are real. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, a. When Outback Steakhouse first launched franchises in Moscow and Saint Petersburg. Their slogan, no rules, just right, in Russian translated as, the most correct thing is anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the product again? Uh, Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, Outback, right, okay. Okay, Pepsi's <laughs> Come Alive with the Pepsi Generation translated uh, into, Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave in Chinese. Okay. Um, C, okay, so that was B. C, the Jolly Green Giant in Arabic translates directly to Intimidating Green Ogre. Okay. And D, when Kentucky Fried Chicken first uh, opened their first store in China, it did not take long before they discovered their slogan, Finger Lickin' Good, translated to Eat Your Fingers Off. Mm. So you've got the most correct thing is anarchy for Outback Steakhouse. Okay, I'm going to go with that one. That's the fake. That is the fake. All right. I got one right, although I didn't want it. That's the problem with this quiz is I didn't want that to be the fake one. I love it so much. So I get seven points for that. Uh, what? Wait, what? I'm keeping... It's not I, a touchdown. I'm keeping score, so I get to make the rules, right? <laughs> is that right? No? All right. Last one. Last round. Okay. Um, Americans reacted badly when Ikea named one of its new desks Fartful to promote fart speed given the desk's wheels and design. Mm. So, fartful. Okay. Uh, when American Airlines wanted to advertise its new leather first-class seats in the Mexican market, it, tr it translated its fly-in-leather campaign literally, which meant fly-naked in Spanish. Okay. General Motors had a fiasco trying to market the Nova car in Central and South America because Nova in Spanish means it doesn't go. 
And when General Mills released the cereal Lucky Charms in South Korea, the slogan, They're Magically Delicious, translated for Koreans as, Tempted by Witchcraft. Hmm. I want it to be real, so I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that Tempted by Witchcraft is the fake. You got it. All right. You got two out of three. I'm All right. Sounds good. Okay, so if I'm giving real scores, I got two out of three. Yeah. Uh, maybe, do I get a quarter of a point for that first one since I eventually got it? After you guessed through all the wrong ones? Okay, I'm going to take from your tone that no, I don't no, get a quarter, don't get of, a a quarter of a point. <laughs> I get two out of three points. By the way, I hope, who's our listener who always plays along with our quizzes on... Um, oh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's Kelly. Uh, Kelly, yes, I hope you are in uh, enjoying this, uh, this quiz. But I guess the quiz is over now, so let's just swell the music. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, Genevieve. It's that time of the show where we check in with the Ad Council. That's the listeners, of course. That's you guys. Thank you for emailing us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com. Just a reminder, by the way, we also do have a, uh, a phone number that you can call and leave us voicemails at 607 444 5597. I really would love to hear your beautiful voice. 607 444 5597. Maybe you got some kids around the house and they have a favorite commercial. Let's hear from those cuties. All right, Genevieve, what do we got from uh, the email box today? Well, you mentioned at the top of the show that we have an email from a very surprising listener. Um, and that listener is you. Oh, I feel like I don't get uh, enough opportunity to give my opinion <laughs> on this show, so I wanted to send an email in. Yeah, it's kind of funny that we're putting it in ad council, but it was sort of a response. Well, it wasn't sort of a response. It was a response to um, uh, the segment that we did last week on gum with Aaron Roden. Mm -hmm. um, and you had said during that segment that you remembered the lyric from the Juicy Fruit commercial, take a sniff, pull it out. The, the taste is going to move you when you pop it in your mouth. Yes. And in fact, you're right. One of the versions of that song did use that lyric. Because the one we played last week that Aaron picked out for us did not have that particular lyric in us. Right. Like, that's not how I remember it. So then I started going around just Googling that lyric. I'm like, I remember this right, right? Turns out there is an old 80s commercial where that is the lyric. It's one where instead of water skiing, there's snow skiing. Oh, okay, right. One was the one we played last week was Water Skiing. So, but then in my poking around on that, it turns out that Juicy Fruit actually kind of rebooted that in a comedic way, kind of making fun of themselves years later. I think, well, I'll tell you what, this was uploaded to YouTube in 2009, and I didn't go and do any more uh, research beyond that. So this was sometime prior to 2009. They released this commercial where, and I actually haven't watched this in a week, so I can't remember it exactly, but I think it's like a bunch of people, oh, that's right, skiing. It makes sense. This takes place in a skiing lodge. Right. You never see the outdoors at all, but there's, you know, there's a fire crackling in it the fireplace. It has sort of a, seven, a vibe of a 70s ski lodge, which would make sense. That was where it's sort of the set, like mm -hmm. an early 80s, late 70s ski lodge, which is the setting or the ski mountain was the setting for the original Juicy Fruit commercial right and um there is a group of you know young people kind of sitting around and one of them has an acoustic guitar and he starts strumming it and i think you get the impression that people in the room although it's not hammered over your head they are kind of having the same reaction that you would have if you were at a party right now and some dude started playing his goddamn acoustic guitar get your skis shined up grab a stick of juicy fruit the taste is gonna move ya 
Take a sniff. He's so cheerful. Pull it out. The taste is gonna move you when you pop it in your mouth. Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. So then these two, like, uh, sort of skater boys come in. And I would actually disagree with you. I think that his audience are all... Yeah, maybe they're into it. They're all into it. They're all sort of that... seven. They're from that 70s vibe. Then these two more modern youths come in. Yes. One of them picks up a snowboard, notably not a ski. Yes. And just, just clocks this guy over the back of the head and knocks him out. In front of everybody. Yeah. Gonna move ya. Um, so moving on, we have something. Uh, we got a note from listener Emmy, um, who <laughs> I love this so much, uh, in response to the overly intense episode that we did last week. And she said, that episode made me think of some local commercials for a Kia dealership called uh, Fuchillo Kia. Uh, they're that style of super local, low-budget commercial that happens a lot with car commercials. But they often have the two presenters talking over each other, and they sort of end with the male presenter. Uh, who looks like an old Hollywood mafia don, and I will add, sounds like one, dropping his chin. Was that you adding that or the listener? Uh, no, that was me adding okay. that. Uh, dropping his chin, glaring at the screen, growling loudly, it's going to be huge, in the most threatening voice I can imagine. It's both hilarious and disquieting. And I gave this thing a listen, and it is hilarious and disquieting. So why don't you give it a play? Can we also give credit to listener Emmy for um, writing huge with a Y? <laughs> yes. Caroline March is here. You know, people in Tampa don't know how big hugest event is. And of course, in the Cape, everybody knows what's coming down. That's right. Folks, when you come in and purchase a lease, a new vehicle, whether it's Wesley Chapel, Cape Coral, you're going to receive a beautiful Royal Caribbean cruise for two. You're going to receive $1,000 in cash. And guess what? We're going to give you the basketball. If you make the shot, the half-court shot, your car's free. Plus, huge savings right now on the Optima Zero Down 229. It's huge, Florida, huge. <laughs> <laughs> and she even looks at the camera and just like, like this is her commercial. And she just looks at the camera like, what the hell what just happened? happened? Yeah. She's like, oh, wow, that's amazing that that was not live. If that was like one quick live TV thing and she's giving that look, I understand that. But it's clearly pre-recorded and aired over and over. That's awesome. No, Thank you, Emmy. It's super funny. <laughs> It's just, it's huge. Oh, my uh, God. I want to isolate just that. Yeah. Um, all right. This this next uh, piece of ad council feedback is from listener Mike, um, who posted this to the Facebook page. And I this is for a toy. And I think this is in response to our uh, our toy episode that we did with Nick Allers. Um, for a, a set of action figures or an action figure called Big Jim Camper. Oh, yes. I saw this on our Facebook page. Yes, yes, yes. From Mike. Yes. Uh, the J- Big Jim Camper. I've never seen this toy before, but I want it so bad now. Yes. If you're familiar with the ambiguously gay duo uh, sketch from Saturday Night Live, um, I, I feel like maybe that's where this is where some of that uh, was inspired because the level of homoeroticism for these muscly toys. One of them is posing in their underwear in the last shot. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, play it here and we'll... Okay, I'm going to play it. I, I want to say, and again, you guys all... Everybody mouth along with the podcast. Now, what is my favorite part of toy commercials when it's just like you see little kids' hands holding their dolls and they're yep. just making them talk? And this is exactly that. And their action figures only... The action isn't battling Cobra or battling the Decepticons or battling anything. They're just... I battling guess, wood, basically. They're just basically. basically trying to get along in the woods with an axe and some willpower. Here's Big Jim, a safari outfit. is camping tent and friend Big Josh. Big Jim's on safari when suddenly he sees Big Josh coming at him through the trees. And Big Jim says, let's see if he's stronger than me. Big Josh cracks this tree stump with his axe. 
Big Jim splits this board with karate wax. <laughs> and they realize when the contest ends, the two strong guys are going to be strong friends. Big Jim, while, they, while, the, oh. while the dolls shake hands. See, he's in his underwear. Yeah, at the very end, they just showed the whole set. What's available? A tent, some other accoutrement, and then the two uh, the two little dolls. And one of them is tripped onto his underwear in that last scene. I mean, scene. is this You're real? Right. Are we, is this a hoax? Uh, well, Mike's con unless well, if so, Mike is conning us because he said that this was something that he watched um, as that it, he actually had these so toys hilarious. as a kid. Like, and not not because it, it's you know not that you know I've no uh, there's no homophobia at work here. It's not that at all. It's like it's just so overtly sexual for a child's toy. It's so funny. I mean, it's two men. It's just two men celebrating each other's. Strength. Yeah. I honestly don't know that that would have been my takeaway if you and Mike hadn't mentioned really? it right away. And I'm not trying to be like all touchy feely about it. Like, obviously, yeah, it is like the ambiguously gay duo. When his friend Josh shows up in the woods, he's wearing, he's like shirtless, wearing nothing but like a uh, a denim vest. Like, yeah, yeah I get it. But um, honestly, I just kind of want this toy. It seems really cool. Like, the log actually splits apart, and then he karate chops. He says karate wax. To he make karate wax. Which makes it rhyme, but also it made me think of, like, oh, they make karate wax now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should get that. I need some skate wax and some karate wax, please. Um, anyway, I, I just kind of want it. I like it. The board breaks in half. I mean, it seems like a really cool toy, and it's just like, these are two men. Who are camping and seeing so. who's stronger. I mean, again, I just think it's so... I mean, it is... I mean, the fact that they're camping begs begs to be called campy. Yes, good point. Wouldn't you love, though, to have this in our house somewhere? Sure. Like, if we had this full set, like, just set them up in the window, like, on the on the little bench there, that'd be so cool. You and I are in danger of, like, becoming, like, weird adult toy owners, but I yeah. agree with you, this would be great. We could play with them on the USS flag that you're going to get me for Christmas this yeah. year. I don't want a 10-speed bike. Keep hoping. Um, this is from listener Liz. Uh, she sent us an ad that I, you and I have been noticing a lot as well. It's uh, for uh, the, the AMPM, which is like a little mini mart. I don't know if it's in all parts of the country, but it's certainly... We in didn't have them in Ohio, and I don't believe we had them on the East Coast. It's kind of a West Coast thing so far as I know, or at least... a. It's only I've only been experiencing it since I've moved west. Okay, so um, this is an a, this is an ad for AMPM, and it features a very weird character. Uh, why don't you give us a play? I'm not sure how much audio there is. Audio there. I feel like we need to describe the character though. He's like a big beastie kind of guy who's clearly hanging out in the AMPM. He's huge. He's like a muppet. He reminds you of like kind of um, uh, who it wasn't animal, but who was the huge muppet who was just kind of like really bedraggled and had long hair, everything hanging off him. Only this guy is all made of or a little HR puffin stuff. To maybe it. maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah, but he's got a, he's all made of um, candy and other snacks that you can get. So like for example he's or, got these he sort of also reminds me of like one of the characters from the live action where the wild things are. okay okay i haven't seen that but i'll take your word for that and his hair is like it looks like dreadlocks like multicolored dreadlocks but they're actually all like licorice sticks twizzlers or, or twizzlers something, or something yeah. like that so that's an example he's just like this giant beast made of sweet snacks who's making conversation with people at the ampm as they're filling up their sodas and whatnot Tungus don't wear pants. He's wearing like a sta- he's having like a standoff with the guy at the soda machine. Uh, they're trying to both fill their soda cups, and eventually, for no reason, the human man pours the soda down his pants, and the snack man says, "Tungus don't wear pants." Let's hear his voice again. Ah, Tungus don't wear pants. 
25 cent free. Yeah, it's very unclear what's going on. I mean, it, it, just, it doesn't even look like they're having a contest. I don't understand what's happening in that. The guy's just filling well, they were up They're both cup. like. Oh, I see. They're both filling up But they're their having cups. like a quick draw with the oh, soda machine. Oh, I see. And then. And then to, the guy tries to like one up him it. by pouring it down his pants. I think Liz, listener Liz said it best when she writes. So many questions. Yes. Why does this ad campaign treat a walking, talking pile of snacks like a sex god? I think there are some other ones where he's he's portrayed as sexually uh, appealing. Why? What is the man hoping to accomplish by pouring a drink down his pants? Great question. Um, and she says, strangely, the fact that Tumgus doesn't wear pants is the most sensible part of this ad. So, <laughs> here's all a, great observations. Here's another commercial with Tumgus. In this one, you can tell like his his body is made up of like hot dogs and bags hot of dogs. chips. Hot dogs, also an AMPM commercial. His hands are made up of it looks like uh, it's like cinnamon twist or something like that. There is one ad where there's a woman at the same kind of drink counter, and she realizes they're out of straws, and she looks at him and he plucks one of these like Twizzler things that he has as dreadlocks out of his head and hands it to her, and then she starts drinking her soda through his, you know, Twizzler slash dreadlock. I don't know what happens in this one. This is an ad called Meet AMPM's Tumgus. Oh, shush. Me, Tumgus. Me, too much good stuff. You, Alar. My name's Alan. Tungus loves Alan. Hugs. <laughs> I guess I'm a big Alan friend. It's giving him a big uncomfortable hug at the end. I gotta say, it's so weird, but I kind of like it. I know there are so many weird commercials going on. We did a whole show about it, and it comes up a lot. And like Skittles is the perfect example of like those really weird ads. And I feel like this is trying to tap into that a little bit as well. Old Spice too, although this reminds me more of Skittles for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and usually I would see something like this and be, eh, it's a little derivative. Like you're really trying to tap into a cultural moment that's kind of passing you by. You weren't on the cutting edge of it. But they just uh, went for it. But it's just really all about execution. And yeah. I just find these charming. So, yeah, I'm glad that that was brought up. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, you guys, we are getting out of here for this week. We'll be back next Tuesday. In the meantime, keep those emails coming. After these messages, show at gmail.com. On Facebook, Genevieve, you're going to post all of the uh, ads we talked about As ever. I will post them on Facebook. And if you want to give us a call, it's been a long time since we had a voicemail. So give us a call at 607-444-5597. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Genevieve, I'll probably talk to you before then. We'll see.